Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Welcome to this week's show. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hi there. So before we get started, as we were last year, I want to encourage everybody to check out President Zelensky of Ukraine's United24. This is the way that you can get involved and help defeat the monsters that have invaded their country. Check it out, userfriendlyshow.com. The link is at the bottom of our page. You can go on, read accurate news, and if you are able to contribute, it will tell you how, and your contribution doesn't have to go to items of war. It can go to paramedics and other things that will help people get better. All right, we got a great show coming up for you this week. We're going to be talking about a number of different things, very much a technology week coming off of the back of CES and some of these other things that start the year. We're going to be talking a little bit about weird technology. We've had a lot of questions come in about this. And when we talk about the new things, the latest and the greatest, there seems like, like with anything else, other stuff that's out there that's not so great. And they have created some really weird things. So we're going to be looking at some of the stuff at CES that falls under that category, as well as some other forms of technology that we might be kind of glad aren't in our homes these days, hopefully. <laughs> aren't in our homes these days. <laughs> so we're also going to be talking about facial recognition, speaking of such things in an area that's kind of being used in a scary way that right now seems to be legal. So, you know, we'll get on with that and figure out where we're going with that. And then finally this week, we have another area coming up that is streaming fatigue. And basically what that comes down to is all these streaming things, you know, is it's really cheaper than cable now when you have to subscribe to so many different services. And, you know, I'm seeing everybody in studio here shaking their head no, and that's probably accurate. So we're going to go into some detail on that and talk about how to deal with this and, you know, kind of manage it a little bit better as these prices go up. Is the golden age of streaming over? There are some in the entertainment industry, like many that are saying yes, that it probably is. All right, Gretchen, what do we have in the news this week? Mm, a topic that you'll just love. BMW doubles down on paid subscriptions in the U.S., charges $105 a year for remote engine start. Yeah, I love this entirely. This is something that is just one of these nickel and diming things. Car manufacturers for a while now have wanted to make the area inside of your car like your smartphone, where you buy apps and do all of these different things. And Toyota started this with a remote engine start thing a while back. BMW has been talking about this, and it's not a surprise to me that they're getting here and others are following. And it just seems like if I'm spending, especially on a Beamer, and I like Beamers, although lately not as much, but uh, I've had them most of my life, and until they started really getting into the tech, they were a good car. And it seems like now they're more focused on that end of it sometimes than the engineering, which is never a good thing. Yeah, you want to but, be able to rely on a car. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, um, you know, not so much. Everybody knows about my experience with the Brown. I won't say what I call it on the air, but you can imagine. It just, it wasn't, it was a BMW X3. You would expect it to be a great car and it, well, wasn't. So we're taking this a step further now where you get the hardware to do certain things in your vehicle, but it doesn't work unless you pay extra for it. Tesla's another car that does this. And they're looking at certain things here. We're talking about the remote engine start and the headline. There's other things too, like the parking assistant, that's $5 a month. The uh, stop and go and driving assistant plan is $20 a month. $20 uh, driving recorders, a month? $39 a month. Or you can pay a one-time fee. It'd be about $2,000 to turn these on for the life of the car. But 
it just seems like at the end of the day, my $70,000 car, I shouldn't have to worry about an extra five bucks a month. Exactly. In my opinion, I don't think this is going to go over well, it, yeah, but no. we'll see what happens. A rare green comet is headed our way. Yeah, check it out. And right now is the best time to do it. If you're listening to us after you're done listening to the show, if it's dark in your area, go outside. I strongly recommend this. Although if you do miss it this week, you'll be able to pick it up in 50,000 years. So, you know, not so bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that long to wait. Everybody can do that. Yeah. So the Comet C 2022E3ZTF, or called the Green Comet, which is a little bit easier, <laughs> is one that, as we said, comes around every 50,000 years. You can see it, and you can even see it without a telescope. And what we're going to do is go ahead and post a link on our social media. It explains how to look at it, where to go, and how to do it and what the best days are, and you actually do seriously have a little bit more time. It's going to be visible until the end of February, but I wouldn't wait. I think this is something you want to check out. England just made gigabyte internet a legal requirement for new homes. You know, we've had a lot of input on this. It's interesting because there's a school of thought that, oh, this is, you know, stupid and government overreach and all of that, and there's another school of thought it says since everything uses the internet now, having broadband access is a big deal. And one of the things I do know is that uh, in communities, especially some of the poorer communities, they lack this and it does really create some barriers to entry. I think having this as a standard, at least available, does actually make sense. Now, I will also say that my own internet, we've upgraded here, I'm in Oregon, is now 1.4 gigabit. And after a complete upgrade of my Wi-Fi system and all of the internal switches to actually get that speed, because even the hardware wasn't up for that, it really does make a huge difference. It's very, very nice. In some cases, a luxury. But in other cases, especially if you have a family with a couple of kids that are doing homework, might need to watch videos. And even if you just want to watch Netflix, it really does change things. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I can see where this actually does make sense. Microsoft's new AI can simulate anyone's voice with three seconds of audio. Yeah, and there's pluses and minuses to, to all of this kind of stuff. The uh, AI is called Vali. Okay, nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, this is something that is actually based off of a technology called Encodec, which uh, Meta introduced last year in October. So they're building on that. And basically, it can listen to three seconds of your voice and recreate your voice in any conversation even able to defeat things like voice recognition systems for turning your alarm off. That's where this would become difficult. Mm. And I, you could spoof people and all that kind of stuff. So like any new technology, I could see where there are some connotations of this that could be quite negative. On the flip side, there are also some positive things with quality of life, classes, different things like that. One of the concerns is AI is taking over in a lot of ways the artistic area. Yeah. We've talked in previous weeks about artwork and all that kind of stuff. And I do think that we're going to need to have some kind of a definition for what is AI-created art and what is human-created art. Well, I know well, from well, my own stamp. Uh, go ahead. Well, think of it this way. Okay, Carrie Fisher is gone. Well, just have it listen to Carrie Fisher do some audio from, you know, before. And all of a sudden, she's speaking parts. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. and those kind of things, I think there's a ethical problem with that um that could be the case unless it was licensed by her estate or you know whatever the case may be but yeah to just do that and not have it be real can uh have a real negative connotation so it's, again this whole idea of ai and ethics 
And we've talked about that in the past. Later this year, we're going to have a specialist on to talk about it in quite some detail come to light with this. But on the flip side of it, there are some, you know, again, benefits and that type of a thing to having these type of technologies just when you handle it. One of the other things that this tech is a part of is something that can write computer code. Now, from my standpoint as a software engineer, should I be worried that AIs are going to take over my job? I think probably not. But again, you know, we want to look at things from a standpoint and we need to keep it fair that humans and AIs are two different things, at least in the respect of production of art. Yeah. Lab-grown retinal eye cells make successful connections, open door for clinical trials to be, to treat blindness. And, and to beat, beat it. Blind. I think yeah. you got yeah. the right word <laughs> the right way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these quality of life technologies that we're starting to see more and more of, we're seeing this, we're starting to see some things in cybernetics for if you can't walk, it's able to take care of those type of problems. Um, in technology, this is something that I think I have the most, if not one of the most excitement in, in respect to the idea of something that is really, really going to be a, of a benefit. This isn't something so that you can turn your light on and off without getting up and going to the wall. This is so that you can get up or so that you can see in this case. And being able to do clinical trials on this means that it is actually working well enough to get to that point. So I just keep my fingers crossed that in the next couple of years, maybe we can see something where people that are blind can see again. Identity thieves bypass experience security to view credit reports. Yeah, another hack. I mean, this is becoming such old news. I'm not even sure why we cover it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a hack of the week. <laughs> so basically, what's going on here is it used to be to view a credit report on Experian, and it's still supposed to be this way, that you get on and answer some identity questions. But the hackers have gotten around that, and if they have somebody's name, address, phone number, and social security number, they can get their credit report and with that, all of their personal information. And with the number of hacks that are out there, your social security number is not exactly private anymore. So getting that isn't that terribly difficult on the dark web. So experience cleaning this up. But, you know, again, another situation here where we definitely need to increase our technology. All right, we've got a great show coming up for you. We've also got a new website. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Userfriendlyshow.com is still the address. We've got a lot of new features on there, some new content, our Tech Wednesday. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. January every year is the month of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Chaz was on last week telling us all about what he saw there and focusing on some kind of the new stuff, autonomous driving vehicles, other things like that that are very beneficial. However, there's a whole other side of technology that doesn't get talked about a lot, and that's some weird and unusual and, quite frankly, uh, unbelievable in some cases things <laughs> that are actually seriously made. And um, these weird gadgets are things that I don't think that we're ever going to actually see, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, one never knows. And starting with the CES stuff this year and some things based around that, one of them that really stood out was this thing called a voice mask. And it's this giant white band that goes around your mouth. The idea of it is, is that you can make phone calls without bothering everybody. And in concept, I like that idea. But it looks ridiculous. It looks like a gag. Yeah, that yeah. looks terrible. Um, you know, 
It's like, is he being tortured? It's it's like somebody took their <laughs> took the VR mask off their eyes and just dropped it. Yeah, you know, it kind of does look yeah, like that, doesn't it's it? Just, yeah, that's it. Has that feeling? You know, and then he's wearing like, it looks like a earbud headphones too. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh-huh. um, so he says, looks things, like he's being censored. You yeah, know, like yeah. he's been swearing a lot. Like, we put this on him. Oh. I, I I work in the public <laughs> arena. People really don't care. They just walk with their phone on speakerphone yelling at it. They don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know. <laughs> is this another, another version? one that came out is Dyson. Now, Dyson um, makes a oh. lot of, you know, different things, the vacuums, among other things. And they're usually pretty good, except for their batteries lately. But they've come out with a pair of earphones. It also has the voice mask kind of built into it. But the headphones purify the air around you while you're using them. Okay, hmm. is this supposed to be in an industrial area usage? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I would not want to walk around like an office with that on. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just well, and what would be the okay? So you're clearing the air. I mean, technically, okay, that's not a bad thing. But is this really the way to do it? I mean, you know, know. like they had this this whole problem solved years ago. It's called a helmet. Right, right. <laughs> you just put a helmet I, on. I understand. And no one can helmets hear you. have other. Yeah. Have other things to it too, so yeah, uh, uh-huh. you, can, you can get the air filtering okay. headphones for only nine hundred and forty nine dollars. So only. You know, everything at least they're not can be expensive. solved by becoming a Mandalorian. Yeah, well, that I kind of have to really agree <laughs> with lately. But, uh, and on to our next one. Do you want a robot to bring you your toilet paper? Because if you do, you can get the Charmin robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can't. It, it can't reach the shelf we store that on. So no. Yeah, I don't think it's <laughs> reaching that. The cat might like it. Uh, this actually came out in 2020 with the whole COVID and toilet paper problem thing. and uh, uh, But it's this idea of a robot that will bring you your next roll of toilet paper. And yes, you would have to have toilet paper in order for this to work. Uh-huh. But, um, mm-hmm. y- you know. I wonder how many people's the, dogs play with it. Well, I would wonder too. I, I would wonder how many people would buy this. I don't know if they've ever actually made it so that you could. But the idea out there, you know, they pose the question, mm-hmm. you know, the. Charmin robots make us wonder, is the bathroom the next tech frontier? In a lot of ways, it might be. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. How about a smart toothbrush? No. Nope. So you have a phone app nope. and a toothbrush, and when you brush your teeth, it gives you information on the phone app. Is it going to take <laughs> pictures of your teeth looking for more plaque? I, I, yeah, you know, one has to wonder. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, so we, we've got our last brushing. If you made the amount of time, it has a timer. It rates the efficiency of how well you brushed your teeth, that kind of thing. That's um, great. Another thing for kids to be insecure about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another thing I've, for it's, our toothbrush you know, has a timer on it already. Yeah. It's well, yeah, but you know, yeah. if you don't mind spending, I believe it's three hundred ninety nine dollars for a toothbrush. Maybe you can get this. I do. The other mind. thing that I would have a little concern about here is having my phone in the bathroom while I'm working with water. Yeah. Yes. What could possibly go wrong there, right? Um, <laughs> How about a Taser MP3 holder? What? So a this what? is an MP3 player that's designed to look like a Taser for some reason. Uh, not a good idea. And no, it's a horrible idea. That are connected to that. Uh, so well, I, I while don't they're know. at MP3. it, they'll, they'll, they, why did they just make it look like a gun? Yeah, really, what could go wrong with that? It just, uh, yeah. uh, you know, music playing holster, yeah. How about a pet dryer? Now, this wouldn't terrify your pet at all. Um, the oh. caption on this or the description of it is, do you want to find a way to make your new small dog or cat hate you forever? Yes. Lock them in a cube for 25 minutes and subject them to the gusts of hot air. This will oh. only cost you $660. And this device is a dryer. And, um, you know, I, I oh. guess throwing a towel over your pet isn't 
uh, just it's not good enough. No, no, the cat runs. It, the cat runs from the from the vacuum like thirty feet away. So yeah. no, that would be horrible. The so, dog just looks at you like you're stupid. I, I just, you know, some of these things are just absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some of the other things here. Okay, the vacuum shoes. This was one of the other ones that I thought was kind of just a little bit uh, uh, unusual. Um, so, uh, you know, we need to have stuff in our shoes. And I think in certain stand- standpoint, that would actually make sense. Say you could put LiDAR in your new shoes and you were a cyborg and could receive it. That would make sense. However, or if you were a, a geologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, um, you know... <laughs> This kind of a thing, you're walking around and it has a vacuum cleaner in the shoes. And the way that this is described is, is on the front of the shoe, there's actually a thing that is where it sucks in the dirt. There's a way to store it inside of there. It's electrically powered and all of the rest of this. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, okay, so, okay. there's there's several problems with this. Just just the, the thing. You've got to have at least a three inch lift in order for it to have any storage capacity at all. Yeah. Right. So, so, but then you got to scuff your shoes along the floor in order to do the vacuuming. That, yeah, that, the, uh, this is not thought out. Well. And then you got to charge them. I, I think the yeah. idea of having the, the GPS or the LIDAR or some kind of detection thing in the bottoms of geologists' shoes or, or, or detectives or anybody who's doing, you know, research, that works. But vacuum? Nah. Hmm. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, I think at the end of the day, this is, you know, kind of thing. And on the line of strange technology, one of the other things that's been talked about, and you may have seen it in the news, is this thing called ChatGPT. Okay. Yes. And this is, an, seen this. Okay, this is an AI chatbot. But the problem is, is it's being able to write papers, produce algorithms, and do a number of other things like that. And you can't tell that it's not done by a human. And if you are in school and write a paper with this thing, the plagiarism systems apparently can't tell that this is a. Uh, so you're making you're making person. an AI do your work for you. Yes, basically, yeah, yeah, and not and not giving it credit and being able to pass your school stuff without you know well, being able to write. Isn't that eventually going to piss off the AI? Well, you, you know that's a whole other side of this. <laughs> uh, I don't believe this is a sentient AI. You know, oh, but who okay. knows, right? But the thing of it is, is uh, if such things exist, but if the thing of it is, is at the end of the day, whatever you're doing here is uh, something that can easily take away and, you know, make things, okay, you went to college, did you really go or did you have an AI write your papers for you? And if you did, does your degree really mean anything, you know? And I think that's kind of the question of where this is going. One of the more unique things is a test on this was done to write the help pages for a piece of software. Mm -hmm. It actually did a better job than the human. Well, oh, creating I, manual, I can understand up that. that, you know, yeah. so there are positive uses for something like this. It isn't just that it's mm-hmm. negative. And if you want to check it out in your program, you can actually try it for free. It's out there. It's it's open source. Uh, so it's something that you can actually actually play with. All right. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Check us out. We're on social media. One user friendly on Facebook and Twitter. We're also on LinkedIn and TikTok. You can get to all of our social media at our new website at userfriendlyshow.com. 
Check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's worth the look. So this week's Tech Wednesday is about facial recognition, and this is not a new topic for us, but what's going on here is, and this is something that happened last fall. We've had a number of people write in about it, kind of wondering, is this even legal? Now, while I can't comment on that, I'm not a lawyer, I can certainly say that it sounds rotten. And what happened is over Thanksgiving weekend, Kelly Coleman, uh, who's a personal injury lawyer in New York, or New Jersey actually, uh, was chaperoning her nine-year-old Girl Scouts troop on a trip into Manhattan to see Christmas Spectacular at Radio City Music Hall, something that's done every year and nothing terribly unusual about that. However, she attempted to walk into the building, security guards pulled her aside and threw her out. And the reason oh. for that, and they, they knew who she was, they, mm-hmm. and they knew the name of her law firm, and the reason for this is because her law firm is involved in representing a plaintiff that's suing the parent company that owns Radio City Music Hall, and they've blacklisted any employee of any firm that they don't like. Oh, geez. Okay. And wouldn't let her in. And uh, they showed her name on a sheet saying that she was on something they call an attorney exclusion list. Uh The name of the parent company is MSG Entertainment. And so the question that comes out about this is, what are the ethics of this type of a thing? Now, facial recognition has already been controversial in a lot of ways. And they're, you know, saying, "What, what do we do here? Now, they're suing MSG Entertainment saying the exclusion is forbidden. So it's going to be interesting to see how that case goes, because if the court finds that it's not, then you could start seeing this in a lot more things. Now, this company is a private company, so that does mean that they have a lot more maybe flexibility than a public entity would, like the police department. But again, at the end of the day, it's like... Well, it's kind of a slippery slope when you you start putting people on lists and... Sometimes the lists get bigger and include this person and, you know, Hank over here doesn't like Betty Sue over there. And, you know, the list, it, it can get bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Now in New York, you already have a lot of surveillance. For example, a police department uses facial recognition. They use drones. They use mobile x-ray vans. Kind of an interesting thing there. Uh, they are on neighbors, which is the Amazon thing that allows, uh, ring doorbell owners to post clips online, on and on and on. So, you know, from that standpoint, there is a lot of regulation that doesn't seem to exist with the private entity. So the idea of you can show up and I don't like you, and now I know who you are, so you're banned from my business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how does that play? I mean, I, I can see why people are upset and concerned about stuff like this. Well, and the thing is, is she may not, I don't know the story in particular, but what if she had nothing to do with that case? Because if you're yeah, in a law yeah. firm, especially a big one, yeah. you may never, you, you might be just the, the well, plebe helping with paperwork that's the thing. and the, have nothing to do with it. The ban from radio, from, from the, um, the corporation is everybody, all yeah. the, the, all the, the secretaries and the guys who work in the mail room. Anybody who works at that at that law firm can't go to radio, you know, the, the right. Madison Square Garden. And what they're doing is going, going to the website from the law firm to get the pictures of everybody to put them in the facial recognition system. You know, so at that point, it becomes a situation. It doesn't stop there. I, they had another one last fall. Um, the firm of Burns & Harris has a case against MSG Entertainment, and they refused to let their employee into a, a sporting event that was being yep. held. Yeah, tickets that were $376 a piece that uh, they were given for their birthday, they wouldn't refund the cost of the tickets either. 
They just wouldn't want him in the building, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Oh, anyway, it just, uh, it's just interesting to see where this is going to go. I mean, they're looking at it from a uh, criminal standpoint as well as a civil standpoint, and I don't know where they're going to end up with this. It's just something that, I, I, I don't know. I, I think technology can be used in good ways, but technology can also be used in very bad ways. Uh-huh. And this seems like kind of this almost Orville type scenario. I think it's I don't unwise. mean the spaceship or, or Orvillian. Yeah. I think it's how you say that. Yeah. Orwell. Orwellian. 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 Okay, there we yes. go. I knew the word okay. was there. I knew the word was there. <laughs> you got it. But, uh, <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, so we'll see where this where this ends up going here. Because of a 1941 New York State law designed to protect theater critics from being banned after negative reviews, current lawyers are using that statute to get back into theaters. Well, that's uh, one step in the right direction. We'll have to see where this goes. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0, userfriendlyshow.com. Check it out, our brand new website. Let us know what you think. You know, pop culture and that end of things, there isn't a whole lot really going on right now. We're checking things out. I mean, we've got some Comic-Cons coming up next month. But beginning of the year, you know, see what's going on. And movies, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. They're having some trouble with the movies and theater not being pre-COVID. Um, I know there's no new Star Wars films this year planned. Uh, now on television, we've got some things. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3 is coming out. Bad Batch Season 2, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ahsoka is coming out. And then something called The Skeleton Crew, which I'm not even sure what that is. I've heard that that's probably not going to make it. Okay, so it, it may not. I mean, you know, it's just uh, a list know, right and, now. And, and looking at who's involved, um, it sounds like a lot of people are not really excited about it. Now, have you heard of something called Star Wars Visions? Yes, that was the animated series um, that they did did a bunch of, of Japanese anime authors, like really famous studios in Japan, did a, several, like seven or eight Star Wars themed shorts. They're all supposedly really... we're getting a season two of that. Oh, that'd oh, be cool. Those were fascinating. Those were really okay, so that fascinating. Might be a good one to good one to see. And you they're know. kind of like what ifs, and yeah. um, some of them were just really good and others were like wow yeah. that's kind of strange you know? <laughs> but it was neat to see somebody else's take on it yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see where these things go there's a reboot of night court which is on television now which is actually in my opinion i want to i want to see that i enjoyed the night yeah. court the original series so yeah so did i and it's one of the uh actors from uh, big bang theory i believe it was the girl that played amy is the judge uh, no it's melissa the uh bernadette Mel- Bernadette. Oh, Bernadette. Okay. Bernadette yeah. is playing the judge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Judge, uh, she's Harry Stone's daughter. Okay. It's Harry yeah. So The actor who played so, Harry I mean, Stone's daughter. I think has potential, and what I've seen of it no. so far uh, looks pretty cool. You know, it's what's, uh, yeah. what's it on? Um, NBC, you know, I'm going to have think. to find out. More. Yeah, I believe so. It's one of the main uh, networks. Okay. Um, and I'm just seeing if it's in the, in the release here or not. I'm trying to remember where I even watched it. But in any event, yeah, it'll be out there. I think just look it up. And you'll be certainly able to find it okay. and, uh, you know, see what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. A lot is changing this year. Like we were saying at the beginning of the segment, they're having get, trouble getting people back into the theaters. The new Avatar came out, which was a very highly anticipated movie. I have not seen it yet. I, I, I haven't mean, either. I'm a huge Avatar fan, but uh, yeah. 
you know, that's coming out. I know there's some other stuff that just, they're getting people back, but not like it used to be. And one of the reasons for this is during COVID, a lot of people spent the time upgrading their home entertainment systems. Yes. Yeah. So you can get a lot of the a lot of the benefit. I know on my own system here, I've got the ambient lighting. We've talked about that, Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision, all these things, and the surround sounds great, and the uh, lighting's great, and the screens, you know, 4K HDR with all of the bells and whistles, OLED, and all that stuff. Um, so I have the added benefit that I can sit there in my robe and I don't have to pay five bucks for popcorn. <laughs> yes. you know, so I get where people um, are coming five from. Five bucks? With that. that would be cheap. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, going to the movies can easily cost a family $200 for the tickets. Yeah. If you get concessions and do all you know, that, you know, I, I had a birthday just recently and my husband took me out to dinner. And we didn't go and place any super fancy place. It was like a normal place. We went to the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. Okay. And I was like really shocked at how much it was. And it made me think, what do young couples do when you first, you know, start to go out? Uh, This would break the bank of any guy's pocketbook, you know? So are they just going to coffee shops or what are they doing? Yeah. uh, Because... it's so expensive for just a nice meal. Well, and you know what? Fast food isn't that cheap anymore. I no, know it's, no, it's not. not. My, my mom, once a week, we have this thing where I get with my mom and we have Wendy's and it's just something mm-hmm. we've always done. We started doing that a few years ago. It was about six bucks. Uh, now for the same meal, it's 15. Same, same uh-huh. menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that across the board and prices are going up everywhere. I mean, we know that. But yeah, it does pose the question. You know, how do you deal with these type of things? And that brings us to the next part of the segment is streaming media, because this is another area where things are changing in your home. You've got everything and all that kind of stuff. But the original, really the selling point, I would say, of streaming media over the top uh, video, whether that's a service like Netflix, where you pick a movie or a service like, uh, I don't know, Hulu or something where you get the channels that you would have on a on a regular television service. But it's not, it used to cost less. You had your own thing and you could pick stuff out. And that it used to be, to be affordable. The case. Now it's yeah. kind of getting in the range of, no, that's not affordable. Well, that's the thing. You want to watch something, you got to be, be sure you can. Because if it's on Apple Plus and you don't have it, you can't see it. Yeah. If it's on Disney Plus and you don't have that, you can't see it. Yeah. If it's on H- one HBO of, Max, no way. Yeah. One of the advantages, I guess, with this is you do have the ability that if you wanted to see something on a service, you could turn it on for one month, binge watch it, and then turn it off. So you're not tied in like you used to be with the contracts and everything. Right. Still at the end of the day. Now, I kind of have tried to streamline this. I use a uh, a system called Philo, which is 25 bucks a month. It has all of the history channel, you know, those kind of channels, Discovery, that type of a thing. I like home improvement, so I've got Discovery Plus. I have Netflix, and if they really start cracking down on the password sharing, and it's really gotten expensive, and I don't particularly want commercials. I don't think I'm going to keep that. I don't have a subscription to Disney Plus right now. Yeah, now, you have will, to come over to our house. We have the yeah, Disney come Plus. Over to your house. <laughs> I mean, when you know, when enough of Bad Batch comes out and some of these in Mandalorian, I'll turn it back on to watch it, but only for the time I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do it by the year, but that's $130, I think, or something. Now it's really yeah. gone up. Yeah, it, yeah, it used to be it's was just, at sixty nine, and was, I thought that yeah. was expensive. Yeah, yeah, that was seventy bucks was fine, but now it's like a lot. And, and these things, know. you know, in families, you've got to look at, especially with the possibility of a recession coming, you have to be careful with this stuff. So mm-hmm. one of the other things I'm doing is right now trying to figure out a way to get over the air uh, stuff in a way that's actually usable. 
So not just like you turn it to a channel and say, where you can record it and all that kind of thing. I'm trying out a few different devices. I'm going to actually be talking about that in a couple of weeks when I finish my experiment, because that is one way to be able to get your local broadcast channels. And yes, you can record them and all of that. Uh, the equipment you need to do it is a little bit of a <laughs> open up the checkbook, but it does pay for itself. If you don't need all of this other stuff, you can save money maybe a little bit that way. So, you know, but I'm finding that that also isn't exactly as advertised either. So we'll see how all this goes. Let us know what you think. Are you kind of fed up with all of this? I mean, you know, uh, having to spend that much money for all of these things, let us know and we'll talk about in the future. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Great show this week. A lot of different things in the technology world, it seems like here. And uh, I do get the whole streaming thing kind of being overwhelming. Yeah, kind of. You know, and, and they're, now they're cutting budgets, too. That was another thing we didn't get to talk about in that segment. Oh. So the idea of them just being able to produce anything is also kind of drying up a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see some consolidation there, if I can say that word. Yeah, um, to where if smart, stuff will be combining. Yeah, you know, but uh, but anyway, speaking of such things, there's a rumor out there, and one that I think is actually kind of manifesting itself that there is going to be a, a user friendly television show pretty soon. Yeah, mm. now, you know, back when we started ten years ago, this was something that we had kind of talked about and you know, looked into doing, but never really got much traction on it. The difference is it looks like there's a network here that's interested in buying it. We're still, you know, in pre-production phase, working out the initial details and that type of a thing. But one of the questions I'm going to pose to our audience is what's some of the stuff you'd like to see on television? I mean, you know, it gives us a different venue to be able to cover other topics that are more visually intense. We Mm -hmm. share stuff out to our social media, but there are some things where it would be kind of easier to see it, you know, while we're talking about it. So this would do that. And I think, you know, we could certainly have some fun with it. I believe the format's going to be a half hour. So, you know, that's what that'll be. But uh, it's going to be interesting putting this together. One of the other sides of it is, is we have a lot of questions that come into television production. So we'll be talking about here about how this goes and whether we ever get on the air or it flops, you know, who knows? A lot of yeah, these projects I guess we'll find out. It's an adventure. Way, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be kind of kind of fun to make the attempt. It's a whole different world because, you know, on the radio, uh, yeah, good audio quality and being professional, all that kind of stuff. But the video component of it brings a whole other piece yeah. that we don't have now. And uh, different team, different production methodology completely. And we're in different places. Hopefully that won't be the case for too much longer. But right now it is. So we're going to have to figure out how that'll work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unless so, we can get um, where we're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's even if weird. that's the case and we can all be in one studio, we still have guests and different things like that. Well, yeah. there's makeup be, and clothing yeah. and lighting. One, and One show that oh. I do, and I'm kind of really thankful to them, and they've been very helpful, is a thing called Smart Money. And I'm on that a couple of times a year. It's financial advice and other things for seniors. And the uh, people that do it, I originally met when I was on KXL, some just absolutely incredible people in the industry. And they are doing a 
set up similar to what I think we will be doing where some of us are in the studio, but we have guests on over the internet and other things like that. So they've been able to work out most of the bugs. So, cool. you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So we'll keep you up to date on this and let you know how this goes from our end and uh, maybe even post a blooper reel. Until then, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by VMI. Hosting and technology provided by wearetechnology.com. Listen at theanswerportland.com, userfriendlyshow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.